Pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show, we are going to feature somebody that I've known for the last, oh, three years or so. He's an author. He's written, I think, 10 or 11 or 12 books now, and he's... uh, but he's got some other stuff that we're going to talk about today. And but first, I got to talk to Eric. Eric, how you doing, man? Good afternoon, Kevin. I'm doing fine. Happy Friday. How are you? Happy, I'm great. It's a great day. We get to follow John Tesh again. It's always it's always nice to be on Kixie. It's uh, it's got a good flavor to it. I really I really like this station. Excellent. And uh, today we're we're going to talk to a guy that you know well from KKNW. He is always open and being asked to host other people's programs and talk about his books and and all of those things. And so it's 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 great to have him here. But it's raining outside. Is this what's going to be happening all week? And <laughs> yeah, it could be a little bit soggy this weekend. But uh, you know, we are mid November, so we're right on schedule with that sort of thing. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> gotta ask you an important question: Have you got your Christmas shopping done yet? No, I can't Have believe you? that it's no. <laughs> Heck no! It's I can't believe that it's November already. I know time flies by so quickly. And the older you get, the more time flies, I do have to tell you. And so it's and, slower for you than it is for me. No doubt. And, you know, tomorrow is Veterans Day, so we do want to wish uh, all our veterans out there a very happy Veterans Day. Um, hopefully uh, folks are going to have a good day. Thank you for bringing that up. And I want to thank every veteran for their service to the country. And I'm glad I'm I'm really kind of sad that we only have the one day for them. We should have it should be a whole month. It should be Veterans Month, I think. But then that's just me. So, but it's it's great to be here and thank you Eric. We're going to talk about a subject today that is um near and dear. Well, first of all, I got to do this because um one of the things that I was able to do that I got to do was I got to uh, do a um a voice um, of a audio book for Matt Shea and it's called Elmo. And I just want to play a little bit of the synopsis for you to get an idea. And I, and no, Eric, you shouldn't be looking for it because you don't have it. I got it right <laughs> okay. here. <laughs> so you, I know you're going, where is this? Where am I supposed to find this? I don't have it. I don't know what you're talking about. So in any event, let me play this and then we'll, I'll introduce Mr. Shea. Elmo is a story about an economic crisis in the small town of Minor. Fundraisers, food drives, and generous donations initially held the financial plague at bay. Eventually, the township was forced to bend with the rest of the nation, causing the dads to volley back with a clever remedy. They would brave the winter nights and secretly take shifts dressed as a hobo on the corner of Main Street and Elm. Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and Matt Shea, along with me, have created this audiobook that is so much more than just another story. It's about community, family, faith, 
and what can happen when everyone comes together for the common good of all. I enjoyed voicing this audiobook, but more so reading and feeling along with the people of Minor and the sheer determination of the characters involved. Matt Shea is a wonderful author in the great tradition of American literature and a very down-to-earth fellow who values his faith, family, and friends above all. I hope you enjoy Elmo as much as I did. And with that, it is my ultimate pleasure to welcome Matt Shea to the program. Matt. Thank you, Kevin. And I'm so proud that Elmo had your name on it. You were the guy and the only guy to do an audiobook for me. Well, I'll tell you, you are in writing, in reading that book and putting it on tape and every chapter, every chapter, I was really taken with your style of writing and what it meant. And I just loved the, how you intertwined that book with um, the different generations and generations from being of older folks. And, uh, and one of my favorite things is that there's a three generation baseball family that's at the center of the, of the, the book. And because I was a baseball kid, when I was growing up, it really struck home with me how important that is, especially in small town America, how important it is for there to be kids that are playing ball and, and contributing to the community. So I love that story. And if you go to my Patreon play page, uh, which is Positive Talk Radio, you can um, download that book. And uh, there's a membership fee of like 10 bucks, but there's lots of stuff there for you to enjoy. And Matt also has it on uh, his page, which, Matt, what is the name of that page? Well, if you go to Matt, shaybooks.net s-h-e-a matshaybooks.net it's all there it covers amazon it starts off with a free audiobook it gets into interviews it gets into free stories it gets into the book that you yourself did for me and so it's all there just go to matshaybooks.net and then play around with the mouse and you'll find it all <laughs> and do have fun playing around with your mouse by the way well okay <laughs> i forgot who i'm doing a show with <laughs> yeah you did forget you can't leave an opening like that i'll take it every time but the reason that you're here and the reason i wanted to have you here is that you and most of the other books that you've written are uh, are uh, novels and are fictitious and and they're made up characters uh but you uh have, are coming out with a book i believe it's coming out at the end of this month it's not very long. It's a short book, but it's called Casino Down the Street. And tell, Matt, when is that book coming out? The book is coming out as of last night. And the reason why is initially Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and others were going to have it on the 21st. But my publisher, Bobby, from Virtual Bookworm, when I told him I was going to be on KIXI with Kevin McDonald, because he knows you, he's seen our interviews before. He did some magic and he got that available on his website late last night and it's all ready to go. They're first in line, they've cornered the market. If you go to virtualbookworm.com, 
virtualbookworm.com. And just on the very top search, write my name, Matt Shea. It will have all of my books there, all 11 of them, including the latest, which is The Casino Down the Street. And this book being a uh, real-life book that you've been watching people. And see, when I first heard about you writing this book, my assumption was that you being a writer the way that you are, that you were watching people. I know you drove a van for one of the casinos. And so you, you would watch people and you would see their reactions and, and the good things and the bad things. And I kind of assumed that that was how this was going to go, but it didn't turn out that way at all because no. this is a far more personal story than, and I, first of all, I'd like to thank you for, because this is going to help someone. I'd like to thank you for writing this and really putting yourself out there to do it, this. It came to play that I was a compulsive gambler in the making to the point, as we mentioned before the show, so I will say it, I lost right around $7,000 playing those machines that would spit out a little bit of money once in a while because I thought it would keep growing or that I could win back the loss because initially you are being waltzed. It's cat and mouse and you're being tantalized that way. So I actually went for therapy. I joined fellowship groups. I'm very strong and I have yet another cause because I have a full understanding of the gambling. This all started when we were very young and my dad was talking to someone about gambling and he said, I wish you didn't win the first time out because you're going to have a mindset that you will win every time out and you were lucky. It's luck. It's not skill. Well, this person went on to build on it and lost everything. And dad said, well, that's the lesson. You finally learned it. It's considered a curse if you win first time out at casino because you will naturally misinterpret that. And so the job I retired from, we had a sister plant in Vegas and we had tons of transfers, tons and tons of horror stories about gambling. And they say, we could always spot a new guy. He loses his first paycheck at the casino. But the ones who aren't wise, they lose the second one because they went back to get to win their money back. And that's not why the casinos could afford to pay their electric bill and their employees. And so I was very intrigued by this culture, hearing the many stories. I got a job at a casino and I was just being quiet. Watch, listen, learn, pay attention. Don't say anything. And then after that, I stayed with my buddy, Carl, who I did a radio show with. Carl's a special guy to me. Among other things, he was a car dealer at five different casinos. We were up one night. Hey, Carl, what is your advice about gambling? It took a split second. Oh, don't gamble. Don't, don't. He was just real adamant. And he says, if you do, learn from the kids at the arcade. They know they're not going to win money and know that you're not going to win money in the long run. And so just enjoy the game if you're even going to play it. But never go to a casino to make money. Never do that without ulterior motive. Well, you know, it, it it strikes me because one of the things that, and your game of choice, as it were, were um, uh, the, uh, the one-armed bandits. Yes, um, the electronic ones. And the reason why is I spent a year and a half doing a case study 
on the six casinos in our general area. And I would be in the parking lot, people watching, window down, being quiet, pretending I wasn't eavesdropping, talking to the security guards, the managers, talking to the guys who were assembling the new machines and putting them in place. Some people at the coffee shops would talk to me about the luck and bad luck they've had recently. And then after a year and a half of combing six different casinos, I had to cross the line and get in the saddle. After all, I'm going to be writing about it. I have three publications on that now. And I'll tell you, Kevin, before I did that, I went to several of the casinos to see what poison I would gamble with. I watched the people at the blackjack tables because that's supposed to be an easy game and also the best odds of winning. But I was watching people who were drawing quite a crowd, which I did not want to do, especially in a casino. And they knew what they were doing, regardless of how simple it is. And I, I wouldn't know the first thing. I would set a record losing. I went to other card games. I would watch roulette. They all attracted people. And then we have these slot machines, which are the worst odds of winning. But you're isolated on your own little island all by yourself. Nobody knows you're there. So I wanted to be in hiding because this is an embarrassing moment for me. And I felt like a kid at a supermarket. Remember, if you were good, you might get to ride that plastic horse that goes up and down in front of the grocery store if you were good. They all had it when you and I were growing up. Oh, yes. I felt like a child on one of those little plastic merry-go-rounds in the supermarket because I was well-behaved. Didn't want anybody to see me. But I won a little bit that night. I won $84 and some loose change. And so I talked to Renee and I said, you know, I kind of want to go back next tomorrow just because the first experience was good. Well, go ahead. Well, I didn't realize I was going deeper and deeper towards that side of the fence. I had an abnormal amount of beginner's luck where the money was saving up and there was something wrong about it. I kept the money separate from my earnings. I kept it in a container. I kept taking it out, recounting it, recounting it. And I kept going back to the well. And finally, several months into it, I realized I wanted to get rid of it. And in the book I wrote, I use an analogy. I felt like a child on a camp out who got a jar, poked holes on the lid, and took a butterfly and a frog home. And they don't belong on my dresser. They belong out in the wilderness. I returned the money, stuffed the machine that I kept playing, kept playing it at a high rate that regardless of winning once in a while, finally it inhaled all the money I initially got from it. And I was at peace. I broke even. The little bit of change I had left, I just left it there on the counter and walked out. I was so happy a weight had lifted off of me. The problem is over a month later, things happened in traffic. There I was in front of that casino. I had a lot of money on me, just had a great time with my daughter. I thought, why not? I went back to the same machine. It seemed to recognize me. It had my name and everything when I hit it. And this time it paid me up front as it did before. And I thought, I think I'm going to try to make a gold mine, a nest egg out of it. Well, $7,000 later, I got three publications to show for it. You lost seven grand in a short period of time. Within a year's time, yes, I did. And it started off with winning. I was up 
my gosh, the whole world's hearing this. I was up about $2,000 saved. And so I started experimenting, betting higher, betting lower, this and that, following the advice because it was the blind leading the blind. And I was just naive enough and new enough to think that it was skill. I was cracking a code. Well, a friend at one of my fellowships said, no, Matt, they figured us out. We finally realized we were figured out. We weren't the ones figuring a thing out. Just come in with your paychecks. So uh, I don't blame the casinos. I should have known better. For a while, I thought I was special. Well, and see, everybody, <laughs> we all think we're special and we're going to do what. Where do you think people who, when they go to buy a lottery ticket and they go to the grocery store and they think, I'm, when they look at the odds, the odds are astronomically against you winning anything. By the way, if you play the lotto, God love you, you're paying my taxes. And I'm really happy about that. And it's going to um, um, education and stuff. So that's so if you want to do that, that's fine. But don't plan on winning because the chances of you winning are nil. And uh, and of course, some, the response you'll get is, well, somebody wins. Well, that somebody's probably not ever going to be you. But there are some people who get lucky. It's the famous Wayne Gretzky quote. You miss every shot you don't take. And my Former father-in-law, I love the man dearly, such an intelligent man. He said, you can't win these things unless you at least try. And so you get all walks of life. You get pillars of society that kind of tip the scales on that side where you you justify rolling the dice, so to say. Exactly. And by the way, I want to let you know that when you were talking about playing 21 or blackjack, the guys at the table were very glad. If you didn't know what you were doing, they were very happy that you did not uh, sit down at that table. You know why? Because the what happens is the cards are in a certain sequence, and they're coming out of the dealer's hand and or dealer's uh, the the machine they use in a certain sequence. Well, if you don't know what you're doing and you take a card when you statistically should not take that card that means the guy behind you doesn't get the card that he was gonna get and that could have been a winning card and so they get very upset with you if you don't know the rules of the game and you're not able to play it um efficiently um because if you if as an example if you if you hit on 18 or hit on 19 and think, hoping that you're going to get a two or a three, the odds of you getting a two or a three are astronomical against you. And so, if you get if you get a king, and the guy next behind, right, but next to you wanted that king, he's going to get mad at you because it costs him money. So, if you're going to play those games, you got to know what you're doing. But I saw a classic Gomer Pyle episode where he was brought into an illegal card game. Well, what are you doing here? You know, you're from the Ozarks. And it didn't make any sense. He goes, oh, I just went to trade. He goes, what, you can't? Because then the guy at the table knew what hand he had, and he ruined it for everybody. And then here comes the vice squad. They all got arrested, and Gomer got praise. You know, as if he was undercover, he wasn't. He was just backwoods. And like myself, a fish out of water. Yeah, and so that's that's, and I learned that from my father because my father was a gambler. He loved he loved to gamble. He never got out of control with it because my mom put him on an allowance 
um, <laughs> what of how much he could he could spend because they they understood and they'd been through the wars when they were young and all that. But gambling can be an insidious thing, and oh, it, yes. isn't, it isn't. What concerns me and why I wanted to talk to you about it today, Matt, is the casinos are designed for them to make money. Yes, they're, they're marketed. Business. They're marketed to make money. The it's like the the uh, slot machines that you used. You got a card, and so when you put the card into the slot machine, they knew who you were. They knew how much money you had had lost or won, and and they could set you up that way, uh, so that you they could keep you kind of close, kind of close, and then and then they can drop you for the big one. Is that what you found? Yes. Casinos have an argument. It's called a random numbers generator, referred to as an RNG. It's an algorithm. And what it does is it assures that every time you do a spin, it's at random. It has nothing to do with the one before or the one next. But for some reason, you have some machines that keep hitting. People line up and other ones, they're a dead fish. You don't do anything. And then I had a maintenance span come up to me. Hey, Matt. You can keep a secret, right? Yeah. Uh, we just installed a machine, and whenever we do that, they win an awful lot for the first two days to get popular overnight. So why don't you sit down and put some, you know, that type of thing. But he was telling me something about the trade that the public shouldn't really know. I've known of people playing those games and nothing happened, so they went to a casino across town much better. And people claim, well, there's a switch to high frequency, low, better odds. I don't know of such a thing. Remember in grade school, they said they had a spanking machine in the principal's office. But, you know, <laughs> if I put the fear of God, you're young enough. You hear these stories, you don't know if they're true or not. But according to my findings, and again, I spent roughly three years altogether doing my research for the three publications, a maximum of 13% per casino will leave that day with some profit margin. And it might be a few dollars. Maybe you got a couple thousand, whatever, but 13%. Well, the other 87%, you and I probably know them by name. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing is that you would, you ended up going there like every day for well, a period of time. I was taking notes, I was rotating casinos. And then all of a sudden, it's that, how does it go? You don't fix what works. When I had gone eight times in a row, and now my little plastic container has several hundred dollars in it, well, I'm going to keep going. Don't fix what works. And then when something went south on me, somebody said, well, why don't you put a little more in a bed higher than the next win? Well, I was cursed because it worked. But that person was just as much of an idiot as I was. We didn't have it figured out. It was just pulsating the way it does, whether it's at random or it's very sophisticated waltzing you playing cat and mouse. But I don't know of anybody who has done spectacular playing slot machines. I was told many times there's no such thing as a quote, end quote, slot machine player. And in fact, seniors, there's a lot of Norman Rockwell humor about it. And I hope I get away with this. We're on Kixie. But people have said, well, a slot machine is crack cocaine for the senior. They keep coming back more and more. And the irony is they are doing something legal. 
They're not breaking the law. They're surrounded by security, a plush atmosphere, the music and everything. It'd be different if they're in a back alley past one in the morning. Well, and the, and the interesting thing is, is that they tailor it towards the older folks who have got more time, maybe on a fixed income, hoping to make a little bit of money. The food is cheap. They can go there and have a decent meal, and then they can play. And uh, some people are very lonely. Um, yes. they, don't have, they don't have a group of people that they're around. And so this becomes like their family. Um, the the waitress that brings them the cocktails or the or the other players that are there and stuff and it becomes it becomes a social activity that can be very expensive. My first day of orientation, it was explained to us that we are there to take the money from our customers, and then we want them coming back. We want them to think it was a great time and all the better luck and keep doing it. And they said these seniors you see every day. They're also here when you have a day off. And why does it swing by during Christmas or Thanksgiving? They are still here. Because in some cases, they have nowhere else to go. Yes. And something casinos are known to do is to synchronize when they set out their ads of two for one, the mill, this and that, right around the time the social security checks are delivered. Casinos don't go every day to the same rest homes, it evolves around when those social security checks are coming in. There's a sense of timing to it. Of course, because they're they're interested in making money. And if you think that going to a casino that you're going to win, look around when you're in the building, look at the food prices, and you will see that somebody has to fund all that. Um, and by the way, it's you if you are spending money there. I've been to Las Vegas twice, road trips, to see the ghost towns and the museums. And uh, I didn't gamble because I wasn't into it. This was strictly research. And then the addiction was, I just want to win my money back. You know, that's what they're all saying at that point. But I was in one hotel, and the gal at the desk said, this town's built on losers. All of this construction, all of the facelifts of the old casinos, it came from the people who lost everything in those casinos. And then I was in one, and I was watching a son talk to his mom. Well, you did it again, Mom. You just gambled away the Social Security check. But I was having fun, Mom. Loneliness and fun are two different things. We have answers here. And I just thank God she had a strong son there for her. I wish they all did. By the way, we're talking with Matt Shea. He's written the book, The Casino Down the Street. And in his cases, the six casinos down the street. And he spent a great deal of time in them. And as it turns out, he spent a great deal of money. One of the things that I do not gamble because I don't call it gambling. I call it giving because I always end up giving. And uh, I, I would rather, if I make $30 an hour, I would rather do something else with it rather than put it down a rabbit hole and just lose it. But that's just me. We need to take a break, Matt. When we come back, we're going to talk about... Um, how you were able to stop, get out of it, and some other ways that some folks can do it, can get out of it and some places they can go and some people that can help them. Because this, at times, if it's bad enough, it can take somebody's house. It can take all of their savings. 
and it, it can be really insidious. So we're talking with Matt Che. I'm glad you did this, Matt. You're a man. You've got a heart of gold, and I'm glad that you're getting this out there. I don't hear it talked about all that much, but it's important. Uh, you're listening to Positive Talk Radio right here on KIXI. Thank you to our dedicated fans. We are updating our live on-air schedule to make it super easy for you to hang out with us five days a week, Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We broadcast on YouTube, Facebook, and live on Fridays with Kixie 880 AM Seattle Live. You can find our library to binge all the podcast platforms. We can't wait to see you at 3 p.m. Monday through Friday, starting September 4th, Labor Day 2023. Hello, everybody. If I could have your attention, please, I have an important announcement to make just for you. As you may know, PTR is heard and seen on radio, KKNW, and now Kixie, several websites, podcasts, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and most social media. At PTR, we believe in working together to make the world a better place, and because you're listening, we know that you're dedicated to the same. So we'd like to support your efforts by offering an outstanding multimedia package for you at a deeply discounted rate. As our partner, you'll receive commercial creation, both video and audio, at least 10 commercial plays per week, a monthly show to highlight your business and passion, exclusive website positioning with links, video shorts for social media, commercial plays on all shows, podcasts, KKNW, and Kixie. Your commercial is embedded into each episode and as a podcast is sent to over 50 different platforms. All shows are performed live and sent to Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, and stay there forever. Your podcast episodes are provided to you to use as you see fit. This one-time offer is only $250 a week, based on a 13-week commitment, and as our partner, we are vested in your success, and we'll do everything in our power to make it happen. However, there are limited spots available, so don't hesitate. Please email me at kevin at kmmedia.pro, and let's get the ball rolling. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. Anaturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. Hey there, I would personally like to thank you for making Positive Talk Radio part of your day. Whether you like podcasts or the radio show, we're glad to have you along. I'd love to hear from you with thoughts about the show and ways that we can make it even better. You are the reason we do these shows because the more people we can touch, the better we can make the planet and our time here just magnificent. Please contact me, Kevin, at kmmedia.pro with any thoughts, comments, or suggestions. And thank you for being in my dream. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald, and we have a special guest today. His name is Matt Shea. He's an author of 11 books. I don't know, soon to be uh, 35. He's, he's, a, he's a wonderful human being. He has done things like 
I don't know how many of you have done this, but he lives in a 55 plus community. And there are days when he would take canned goods and distribute them to folks who were on a fixed income and did not have as much as he did. He's opened his home and let people who could no longer afford where they were living to live there with him. And he even let them have the big bedroom. He has done some remarkable things. When I was uh, hurt and had to have surgery, he was right there to take me to and from the um, surgery and the subsequent doctor's appointment. He really is a man who's got a heart of gold. Go to his website, look at the stuff that he's done, and buy a book or two. I tr trust me, you'll you'll be glad that you did. And Matt, what's your website again? It is mattsheabooks.net. And again, we have Kevin McDonald narrating arguably my favorite book. You did a beautiful job in that audio book on Elmo. But we have some other phone numbers here. I wanted to get right back to the National Council of Problem Gamblers. They have a 24-hour confidential helpline, 1-800-GAMBLER, and also 1-800-GAMBLER.org, because from there, you're going to branch out to all sorts of help, friends, therapy, fellowships. I belong to a few fellowships, made some friends for life. And the most wonderful thing about it, Kevin, this all started off innocent. Casinos are legal. Plano's games are legal. And many people in casinos do not have a problem. But there were people like me where you just add a little bit of water and get that sunlight and you're going to have that type of growth. The casinos aren't necessarily a bad guy. They're a legitimate business. I loved working at one. But when gambling gets the better of you, such as alcohol and other things, you have choices to make and you've got places to reach out. There is help waiting. One more time, 1-800-GAMBLER, 1-800-GAMBLER.org, and it'll just open up a whole new world of help for you. And if you forget those numbers but still want to seek help on a myriad of issues, there's another number that I'd like you to remember, and it's really simple. It's 988. If you're feeling down, if you're feeling depressed, if you feel like there is no tomorrow, call 988 and talk to a counselor there. If you are military, call 988 and dial 1, and that will take you to the military hotline, and there will be people there who can help you um, get over whatever it is that's going on um, with you. But if you specifically have a gambling issue, Matt, let's do the numbers one more time. Yes, Kevin. We have 1-800-GAMBLER and also 1-800-GAMBLER.org. And there are people just waiting. They're regular people just like you and me. And, you know, it strikes me, uh, Matt, here I go talking a bunch of nice things about you, and you don't even mention that. You just kind of gloss over that like you, it's not, not a big deal. Well, young man, it is a big deal. And I just want to thank you for myself and the other people that you've helped. Um, it's, it's an important thing that you do, and uh, it's something that uh, I value greatly, and thank you for doing it. My turn, Kevin. The first time <laughs> you and I did a show together, and it was for – 
Martha Norwalk's animal world, you and I stepped out later to have a meal and you were saying how well we got along with the servers because we treat those servers with an utmost respect, what they have to go through with all walks of life coming in. But that was our bond. We had great respect for those servers and we made them thank God that they were doing what they did because of how well we treated them. But that, that was how you introduced yourself to me. You know, what's interesting about that uh, is that I've gone to lunch with, and I told you this during the conversation that we were having, I've gone to lunch with lots of people and many of them claim to be, uh, for lack of a better word, a guru, somebody that knows what they're talking about, somebody that is a very spiritual minded and so forth. And then we'll go to lunch and they will be less than cordial to the server. And for me, that's a deal breaker uh, because those people work hard. They deserve our respect, as does everyone that serves us in the trades. We deserve to, uh, they deserve our respect and for us to treat them well. And, uh, you know, you're, ta- you're talking about casinos, but there's also other outlets. There's like, like the track. People go to the track and they have the same experience. Oh, and uh, it's, it's, there's something else I wanted to bring up, but the track is a big deal. I, I had a friend who used to say he, he, the way that he would measure to see if a horse was going to be successful. If, you know, they do, they go around the track one time and they walk and they parade the horses. He says, if one of the horses takes a poop on the track, that's the one I'm going to, I'm going to vote for because they're lighter and they feel better. That was his entire uh, uh, method of voting at the, uh, of uh, betting at the track. Um, Did you ever do that? Kevin, when I spent a year and a half casing out these six casinos there were people within our age group meaning they should know better they would bring their good luck charms and set them on the machines accordingly certain positions they would do chants they would do prayer some people would dress up like they're a high priest or a guru they would do sacraments getting ready some would have intense arguments or trying to be rational with this inanimate object programmed to make them spend too much time sitting in front of it and putting more money in while it's taking your money in a variety of different ways. A lot of people were sensations and including myself. There was a time when I thought whenever I parked in this one parking stall, that's lady luck. That's God giving me a beam from the heavens that when that's open, take it. Your C is parted. You're going to make it through. And so for a few times, that parking stall did that. That's what made me think that way to the point where there were times where the stall was taken. I stayed in the parking lot. Eventually the owner got in his car moved. Now I took it. But the day came where that theory went out the window. I guess it's not the parking stall after all. There were times of day and night where I thought this is when the fish are biting. It's here. There was a certain machine I started to bank on. That was my best batting average. That's also where I lost the most. We get superstitious out there. We think we're figuring something out. And there's sort of an intervention. Is today the day I have God's favor in here? 
Exactly. Well, and it used to be when I would go into the casinos, I haven't been into one in a long time now, but they used to be called the one-armed bandit because they actually had a, uh, a lever that you would pull. You would put the coin in and then you would pull the lever and then it would go do its thing. And then, so it took longer to lose money then than it does now because now they give you a little card and all you do is punch a button and it takes the money out right off your card, doesn't it? Yes, it does. I knew of someone who had one of those old mechanical one arm bandits and they had it set up where they had a bowl of quarters so you could put a quarter in and play it. They said, it's the funniest thing. We'll have friends over. Oh, sure. Go ahead and try it. Somebody will put a quarter in, pull down on the arm just to watch it function. But then there are others that kept doing it until the last quarter was spent. That tells you what's going to happen to them when they go into a casino. Well, you know, the other thing is, is that people will think that, and I'm sure that you thought this too, at your favorite game, and you'd put more money into it and more money into it, and you kept on saying to yourself, it's going to hit. It's going to hit. So you can't walk away from it because you're scared that the next person who is going to put one quarter in it and is going to win your money. Kevin, I live 2.1 miles away from the casino down the street, title of my book. And I've had nights where I got up at an odd hour because I never sleep through a night. I sleep 45 minutes. I sleep maybe an hour, then I get up at everything. And so I've timed myself from my living room, getting out in my car, coming back in less than 20 minutes. Look at this. I just made another $20. When I awoke, I thought, geez, if I move now, that next person who's going to end up in that seat, I could ace them out. But if I stall, he who snoozes loses. I got to be the early worm. That's exactly what I thought. And one of the emphasis about gambling is to understand the machines are never due. There is a randomness to it, and you're tossing a coin. Okay, it's up in the air. We don't know what's going to happen. It's it's amazing. Now, there's something new that I don't know that you know about um, that concerns me greatly. Are you familiar with the fact that uh, the National Football League has legalized gambling on their on their games? I have. Continue, Kevin. And it is such. What you, so what you do is you call this co- company and and you put a certain bet on a team um they've got all kinds of different bets they've got an over they got an under how many points are going to be scored who's going to score the last touchdown who's going to um and not only who's going to win but all kinds of different things and there are people that can sit at home watch the game and then they gamble on the game at the same time but if they lose it can become an insidious thing because your team could actually win. I'll give you an example. And this this happened uh, this season. Um, the, the Rams were playing. I forget who they were playing. The Los Angeles Rams. And they were down by 10. And there was three seconds left on the clock. So rather, the, the line was seven and a half. 
So rather than just drop to one knee with three seconds left in the game, they were down by 10. They could not win. The coach decided to kick a field goal. That took the winning margin down from 10 to 7. The line was 7.5. So a lot of people lost money because he did that. Now, he swears that that he had no idea what the line was. But I've never, I've been watching football for 60 years. I've never seen anyone kick a field goal with three seconds left in the game. And the field goal would not matter that they were going to lose anyway. So it's all about the money. Yes. It's the, it's the liquor cabinet at home that's no longer locked. And mysteriously, it keeps replenishing itself. Because once you get home between your cell phone, the computer, and the television set, gambling is continuous. It's right there on your lap. It's in your bedroom. And you can do it, and and you can end up losing a tremendous amount of money in from the comfort of your living room, sitting in front of your TV or computer. Um, go ahead. I'm going to share something with you, and this is very depressing. It's scary, but I'm just going to say it. From my studying and the fellowships and the stuff I've read about and the people I visited with that were in the know, by leaps and bounds, gamblers hold the highest suicide rate. Las Vegas consistently is the highest suicide rate in the nation. And that is because people get into the throes of the, of the game, if you will. They, and this is exactly what happened to you. You were up a couple of grand. You were playing with their money. And so it was easy. It was fun. It didn't cost you anything. You'd already won it. It was their money. Exactly. And then, and then, then I just wanted money. to win back what I lost, and we'll call it even. Thank you for the ride. But no, that's not why we build these places. But we like you here. Bring your friends in. Exactly. So what you did is when you started losing and you were playing with your money, now it mattered. Now it meant more. And so when you, you were playing with your money, you wanted to get, rightfully so, you wanted to get your money back. Kevin, there are four stages, winning, losing, desperation, hopelessness. And when you get to a point where you're, as an example, and I can see how this can happen, your mortgage is now gone. How you are going to pay your rent or your mortgage is now in a slot machine or at one of the tables. And then you have to go home and to tell the people who live there, your wife or your kids, or that you don't have enough money to pay the mortgage. I can see that being a, a moment of desperation. Kevin, for many years, I would take the seniors to the casinos because they had the buffets, the senior discounts. And it was a different world. It was a carnival, the music, the lights, the people, and security, whatever you look. It's like the Petulia Clark downtown. It's always a place to go, and it's live. It lifts you up. But we would we were not there for gambling. It wasn't until I did it for research, experimenting on myself, so to say, that I got into this trouble. Because I always knew it was there for that reason and only that reason. I knew of this couple 
that went to one specific casino because there was one particular machine, one of a kind in this casino, and they always did very well. Well, sure enough, the day came where it was off the premises. It was gone. And if a machine's doing too good, they'll make adjustments where you can't bet so low anymore. The betting is much higher now. So you can still play it, but put more into it to begin with. And then in Las Vegas, I heard this on the news within the last three months, that a lot of the slot machines are now paying less than half of what they initially did because they want to sway people away from that into other games. Las Vegas has really taken a financial hit because fewer and fewer people are doing the big time roller, like in the Wild West playing the card games. They're being more conservative with these slot machines and stuff, but the high roller, uh, they're going extinct and they're trying to do something to stimulate that and get that type of revenue coming back. Oh, exactly. And they, they also do other things that, that are designed to get the high roller back. They'll give you a better hotel room. I, I spent a week in Vegas one time. I was at a convention and uh, they, they actually ran out of room. So they gave us an upgrade because we were doing a, uh, um, a, it was a chicken convention of all things. And, uh, so we were going to be there for the whole week and I had a suite and it was, had a great king size bed and uh, with a mirror on the ceiling, looking down at the bed. And I got a new appreciation for what my wife had to look at in the morning when I got up. So, you know, but that was <laughs> that you get all kinds of perks that they give you if you spend uh, so much money there and stuff. And they do that because they know that you will, they will get every dollar back that they invest in a hotel room or cheap food um, in, in, in these casinos. Do you agree? Yes. My dad was the rare breed. He was above it all. And he knew gambling on a small scale, knew it enough to stay away from it. He never got in trouble. He'd be playing solitaire at night. That means he was not even an opponent. But something he and mom did for a while is they had this flight where if you had so much cash on you, they flew you to Vegas for free, put you in the room for free. You got a free meals, you got free shows, you got everything free. And you also get these free chips, but you have to gamble them. And so sure enough, it's given the alcoholic his first drink. And now we got a wildfire out of control. And so dad and mom would go to these places and they'd be meeting at a bar somewhere. And dad would find the loudest, most obnoxious, self-absorbed people talking it up. They're going to gamble. It's all free. And dad would play dumb and ask them for advice so they would tell them how to win money. Okay, when mom and dad were in Vegas, within five or ten minutes, their free chips were gone and they're done. They're not gamblers. They went to see the shows. They walked the boardwalk. They went to museums. He had a wonderful time. But dad remembered the guy he met in the bar that sat next to him flying down. And he would deliberately sit next to that guy flying back, watching how quiet and dejected he was nature took its course oh yeah now i'm I'm really glad to see that uh, our liquor laws in washington state don't allow a casino to give away free liquor but if you go down to vegas and as long as you're sitting at a table they'll keep that glass full 
for you until a good friend of mine who was an alcoholic and was trying not to drink and they kept put kept kept putting alcohol in front of him the last time i saw him was staggering off to the elevator to try and make it to his room because they they don't they overfed him um and they, they gave him way too much i want to, one more thing before we go matt that i want you to talk about and that is that the casinos are the the security at the casinos are very very strong they have cameras everywhere and and they part and they look to make sure everything's on the up and up and nobody's trying to beat the system and stuff is that true that is very true and when i was in vegas they had the suicide table because the game pharaoh that existed like in the 1800s was too easy to cheat so it got phased out and blackjack became a stronger game. But three owners of this board who lost their fortunes playing Pharaoh committed suicide. They are on the up and up. And I worked at a casino and I could, again, I love working in one. And there are people who go out to casinos just to have fun. They hit a good restaurant and they might just a little bit of money gambling. It doesn't matter if they lose it. It's not a practice. It's a rarity. There's nothing wrong with that. No, no. And it's, you know, you go there, the, the food is really reasonably priced. It is really good food. Go there for the restaurants, watch people, go to the shows, enjoy all of that. Stay away from the table, stay away from the one-armed bandits. And they don't even call them that anymore, but the slot machines, unless you, unless you decide, okay, this is my $20 that I'm going to spend. And uh, this is on, and then that's all you got. And you and you, in your book, the casino down the street. One of the things you say is, "Leave your debit card at home." Yes, great advice. Yes, and a teenager going to an arcade, he has it figured out. He knows he's not coming back home with money. He spent the money. You pay money to get candy. He knows it's a one-way street. He's far more advanced than this adult who knows the system, and they're going to make a million that night. Exactly. By the way, we've been talking with Matt Shea. Uh, Matt Shea, can give them all your information so that they can go to your website. They can get Elmo and everything else. Yes. If you look up virtualbookworm.com and bring up my name, Matt Shea, or the casino down the street, Within the past 24 hours, they've released it exclusively. You could get it paperback or ebook. And then matchsaybooks.net, lots of free stuff, audio, some Kevin McDonald stuff, including an audiobook he did. And if you write me, I always write back. Thank you. And he's a good he's a good man and deserves your respect as well as appreciation. Because he's 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 uh, he's done he does things that other people will not do. And I, I really appreciate that about him. As a matter of fact, he almost bought the house that I'm living in. That's uh, correct. That, but that's a story for another time. And just r real quick, if you have got a problem, give us the gambling number one, one more time. Okay. This is for the National Council Problem Gambling 24-Hour Confidential National Helpline. 1-800-GAMBLER. And also 1-800-GAMBLER.ORG. You're going to meet a lot of people just like yourself in the same boat. And it's fun not being the Lone Ranger. If you need it, use it. By the way, be kind to one another because 
Each other's all we've got. We'll see you Monday.